Our topic this evening is, I want to be seen in him. Paul said, I want to be seen in him. It's a choice he made. Another version says, I want to be found in him, in Christ. In Philippians 3, 8, he says, this is an amplified version. He says, amplified version, he says, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. In verse 9, he said, and be found in him, and be found in Christ all the time, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is true faith, through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God, by faith, amplified, says, verse 9 says, and that I may actually be found and known as in him. I may actually be found and known <clears throat> as in him, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own, based on my obedience to the law's demands, that may, I may actually be found and known as in him. Paul's, this was his desire, to be found and known as in Christ. And why should this be? Because Acts 17, 28 says, for in him we live, in him we move, and have our being. In him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. So Paul said, I want to be found in him. I want to be seen in him. I want to actually be known as Paul that is in Christ. Because it's there that I have life. In him we live. That's where I have life. That's where I have my being. There are two ways that a Christian should live, can live his life. Either he finds himself in Christ and lives the life that is in Christ, or he finds himself outside of Christ and lives the natural life that is native to his, natural, to his nature. There is no third way to live. It's either you're living in Christ, it's either you're living in Christ, and remember that living in Christ is not the natural life, or you're living the natural life, which means you see yourself naturally the way you are, you define yourself by your natural identity. There are no, there's no third way a Christian lives his life. And when you live according to your natural identity, those things that are native to you naturally will begin to manifest. They become the product of what the Bible calls flesh. It becomes the product of what the Bible also called carnal of the body, sourced from you, coming from you and not from God. Are, you, can't, you can't manipulate this thing. There, there is no middle course in this thing. It's either you live the spirit life or you live the carnal life. There's no mixing it. It doesn't work. There, you can't mix spirit and, and carnal. It doesn't. There's no way anybody can mix it. At any given time in your life as a Christian, you're either living the spirit life in Christ or living the carnal life in human beings. One of them. 
but not mixing it at the same time. You can sleep from one to the other, but you can't mix it at the same time. So when we live the natural life, the things that are native to the flesh, the things that are native to us begin to manifest. Galatians 5.19 tells us the kind of things that happens when we live the natural life. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, you see, the natural life, the sinful nature, the results are very clear. I'm reading New Living Translation here. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, lustful pleasures, idolatry. Remember, greed is idolatry. It's not only when you have an idol, but you, when you worship money, the things of this world, you are idolatrous. Idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling. I need to say that again. Quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. I need to repeat this one. Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, that's division, group mentality, dissensions, disagreement, always disagreeing, division, envy, drunkenness, wide parties. Those of you who go to clubs, those of you who are Christians who attend these white parties, it's as a result of living a natural life. White parties and other things like these ones. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. New King James Version says, none the works of the flesh are evident. It is seen. Once a Christian is living the natural life, it is normally seen. It's obvious. It's seen. Everybody sees that. You may not know that, but people see that. And these things will manifest in your life, in your marriage, in your relationship with people. In so many things you do, that outburst of anger and all these all this selfish ambitions is my way and not your way. All this trying to dominate people. And then lustfulness. Lustful life. Some people call it love. But pure love is not sinful. Pure love is not sinful. Love is pure. But when people get in immoral stuff, it is lustfulness. It's the, it's the flesh lusting. It's not your spirit. It's not God. It's your flesh wanting to be satisfied. Lustfulness that leads to immorality and all manner of things like uh, pornography, fantasy, sex. Works of the flesh, they are evident. Now, let me say a few things about this work of the flesh so that we see what it does to us. Paul emphasized, he said, I've told you before about these things, that when you live this kind of life, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. It disinherits you of your blessings, brethren. Remember the prodigal son. He, he just left the father and went to live outside of the father's domain. It's like a Christian living outside of Christ. Living the natural life that is the mainstream life. The mainstream culture. Where the God of this world is controlling. And then he went to live there. And it wasn't long. He was eating with pigs. He didn't have access to the Father's blessings. He didn't have access to all the things that were in his Father's house. Until he came back to his senses, he said, in my father's house, there's so much blessing. But he had to turn around. He had to turn around and go back to where he's supposed to be. 
for him to be able to enjoy the inheritance that really, really was his. So when we live this kind of life that is native to the sinful nature, we walk like the prodigal son. We walk outside the blessings of God. Paul said, you will not inherit it. It will hinder you. Remember that these things cause us to trip us off. It trips us off. It doesn't let you get to where you're supposed to get to or get what you're supposed to get. You don't get things by tripping over and over and over. The Bible says these things are so easily beset us. They trip us off. They hinder us a lot. And then number two is that it brings demonic influences into our lives. Ephesians 4.27. Anger gives a foothold to the devil. And that is absolutely true. These works of the flesh open the doors for demonic influences over our lives. And let me tell you something. The demons can bombard your mind with all manner of iniquity. That's the assignment. That's what they do to everybody, including Christians. They bombard your minds with imaginations that are terrible. Can't even talk about them here. They bombard your mind with all manner of stuff. Because you give them, they see that that's what you like to do. So they, they flood your mind with stuff like that. James 3.16. For, for wherever there is jealousy, that is envy and contention, rivalries and selfish ambition, there will also be confusion, unrest, disharmony, rebellion, and all sorts of evil and vile practices. Wherever you find these things, demonic activities is there. And this kind of lifestyle does not serve the purpose of God. You know, some people quote this scripture, be angry and sin not. That's no justification to live a life of outburst of anger. Jesus, in his lifetime, whenever he was angry, was not because of what anybody did to him, was not because of what anybody said about him. It was never as a result of wrong that they did to him. On the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was never angry because of what, oh, see what they told me, you didn't give me this, and they did. why didn't you allow me to do this? He never was angry for that. He was angry against the devil. He was angry against the religious leadership. Who knew the truth? He said these people know the truth. But they would not allow people to, to believe the truth. They knew the scriptures talk, said that he, was the Messiah. They knew the signs of the Messiah. They understood all of this. But they were, not, they were deceiving people and pulling people away from him. And they were hypocrites. They were a bunch of hypocrites. And they, he said they were making people children of the devil, not children of the kingdom of God. So he was really, really angry with them because they knew they were not acting in ignorance. They, with open, bare-faced face, were on purpose deceiving people. Those are the kind of things he was not comfortable with. Going into the temple and selling, deceiving people, cheating people in the house of God. Those are the and these people were not new people who didn't know. They knew. They knew the, Jesus said they know these things. So he was, they, these were the kind of things that really he wasn't comfortable with. And he really expressed his displeasure at them. But nothing to do with himself personally. And so the Bible says in James 1.20, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Anger of selfishness, the sin that comes from human beings, the work of the flesh that is inspired by flesh, does not do the righteousness of God. And look at Romans 6.13. 
Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. This work of, work of the flesh serves the purpose of sin. It does not serve God. You cannot, you will not be able to justify any, this, any of these things and connect it to service of God, connect it to God, connect it to the Holy Spirit. It's not true. These things do not come from God. They come from the flesh. And it's not, it does not serve the purpose of God. There is no justification. Anybody can, some people try to justify these things so that, you know, they look good. It's all part of living in the flesh, pride. And number four, if you continue in this lifestyle, it will entrench you in them. You become addicted to them. You get back to bondage to them. They are, are all addictive behaviors. All of them. Romans 6, 16. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? This is the Holy Spirit writing this thing. You can be a slave to sin, you know. Which leads to death. Separation from fellowship with God. Or you can choose to obey God. Which leads to righteous living. So if you, if you choose to walk in the spirit, it perpetuates you in that. To practice makes perfect. But if you choose to be walking in your flesh, and, and, and you know the thing about this thing is, so a Christian can walk so much in the flesh that he, he, he doesn't feel the smell anymore. It doesn't repulse him or her anymore. It's like being in an environment that is so dirty, Initially, you feel so out of place, but if you stay there constantly, after a while, you won't even recognize that that place is dirty. It has become part of your normal body system. You walk in and you relax. It doesn't repulse you anymore. That's what happens here. Look at this Romans 6, verse 19. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourself be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper into sin. Led even deeper into sin. That's what I said some time ago. You can school yourself and train yourself into hardness of heart. Your heart becomes hardened and your conscience is dead in that area. You don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't smell anymore. There's no shame there anymore. You perpetuate it and hide it. But remember, I will disinherit you of your, of your blessings. It will invite devils into your, into your life to motivate you and bombard your minds with all manner of iniquity constantly. I mean constantly. Constantly. So but the second type of life is life in the spirit. Life in Christ. The one that Paul said, I want to be seen in him. I want to be known as Paul, that is in Christ all the time. And this, this life in the spirit, people confuse it with a with bunch of laws that people give out and they teach it. That's what most Christians still down study. It's what they're supposed to do. Do this, do this. They take out Moses' law, replace it with all manner of stuff that people teach. It's not that. If, it's a, if it is obeying laws, Paul will not be talking about being found in Christ anymore because concerning the law, he was perfect. He was better than many Christians today. Concerning the law, Paul was perfect. 
So if it is the law, then Paul didn't need to say, I want to be found in him. He wouldn't be craving for this life that is in Christ. He would have said, man, this is it. Look at Philippians 3.6. As to my zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. And by the law standard of righteousness, support justice, uprightness, and right standing with God, I was proven to be blameless and no fault was found with me. Proving to be blameless. So he's not talking about a bunch of laws and, oh, you got to do this and you got to do that. A Christian does that and that, 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 that. It's not what you do. Because if it comes to obeying laws and things, this guy was perfect. And I'm, I'm saying better than many Christians today. Perfect. So what is he talking about? He's talking about a new life that Christ gave him. The new life that Christ gave him. In Hebrews 7:19. For the law never made anything perfect. Never. You can't be perfect by a list of laws you obey. Whether it's denominational laws or whatever people pack and load you with. You cannot be perfect with that. The Bible said the law made, never made anything perfect. What made us perfect was, but instead a better hope is introduced through which we now come close to God. What made us perfect is Christ in us. The new life that he gave us is perfect. The new life Jesus gave you and I, he is our life. It's perfect life. You couldn't behave yourself into perfection. You, nobody could behave himself into perfection. By a bunch of laws, it's not possible. For by the deeds of the law shall no man be justified before God. But God came and created us in Christ and made us perfect, bringing in a better hope. Christ, the hope of glory. So see what Paul was talking about. Philippians 3.3, for we Christians are the true circumcision who worship God in Christ, in the spirit, and by the spirit of God, and they exalt and glory and pride ourselves in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence or dependence on what we are in the flesh or on outward privileges and physical advantages and the external appearances. We worship God in the spirit and take our... Christ is our glory. Christ Jesus is our glory. It's our glory. When he created you new, he created a perfect being. That's how perfection came to you. And the work of creation was now completed. Because the scripture said, now you're perfect. When God started to create man, he created Adam and Eve. The Bible said he rested. But you know God doesn't get tired. He paused the creation. Because creation will be completed in Christ. So when you come to Christ, you are created new in Christ Jesus. The spirit life is given to you. And God said, now you are complete. There is nothing more to create in you. That perfection came as a result of the work of Christ work of the Holy Spirit in a man who is in Christ. That is the perfect life that Christ gave us. Christ became our life. It's not sourced from you. It's not sourced from your denomination. It, your denomination can't give you that. It is Christ that gave us this new life. I came that you have life and have it more abundantly. That is life he gave us. Is the perfect life. The law made nothing perfect. 
you can't behave yourself into perfection. Because we're all, we, we are perfect. But God came and made us new. That creation of God that is in you is how God brought perfection into your life. So Paul said, I want to be seen and identifies with that perfect life that Christ gave me. Look at, and then you know, that life can manifest too. It can be seen. It can be observed. Like the other one can also be seen and observed. This one can manifest too. In Galatians 5.22, see how it manifests. But the Holy Spirit produces that life in you. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. That's why it's not works because it's not what you produce or I produce. It's not works. The other one is works of the flesh because that's what men do. But this one is not works because it's what the Holy Spirit produces. Produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against this thing. That is what the Holy Spirit, that's the life we have. That's the perfect life of Christ in us that can manifest outside in the life of a Christian. Ephesians 5, 8. For once... You were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. You have light from the Lord, so live as people of light. For this light within you, this new life you have, this life within you, Christ, the light of this world, produces only what is good and right and true. Philippians 1.11, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. Philippians 1.11, full fruit of your salvation. The righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, not by you. By giving us his new life, I came that you have life and have it more abundantly. That is the perfection. That is the perfect life that you have. That is the perfect life that I have. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. That is the Christ in us producing these things. He said the righteous character produced in your life by Christ, Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 16, that you identify a tree by its fruit. Matthew 7, 16. You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. So, you can identify a carnal Christian. You can identify a spiritual Christian. A spiritual Christian is not the one that carries fat Bible. It's not the one that prays a lot. That, that is gingy. That's not a spiritual Christian. You can be spiritual and pray a lot. I mean, if you are spiritual, you pray a lot. That's automatic. But that's not what defines you. It is the fruits of the spirit that shows you are living the spirit life. That's what defines a spiritual Christian. It's not how long you've been a Christian. It's not your title and the whatever you are. That's not what makes you a spiritual Christian. A spiritual Christian is one whose life oozes out the spirit, the spirit life of Christ that can be seen. So Matthew 7, 16, you can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from testos? Can you? Can you? Can a mango give you orange? Can you? 17, a good tree produces good fruits. This is the Lord. This is our Lord Jesus teaching us. A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. Verse 18, a good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. 
You identify people by their actions. Those who are living spirit life, you identify by their actions. Those who are controlled by their natural flesh, natural tendencies, you are also identify. Don't you, are you not in churches and see our boss of anger? Can't you see it? Greed. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And now when people read this, they go back to the law. They say, to do the will of God, come and see the, the things you have to do. Because people don't read Bible. The New Testament doesn't give the Christian a bunch of laws. None. None. Okay, what is the will of the Father in the New Testament? John 6, 29. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Because the New Testament is a work of is a, a life of faith. Believe in the one he has sent. If you don't believe in the one he has sent, you call God a liar. And you can't live the life of, the, of Christ. You can't live that spirit life. 1 John 3.23. And this is the com his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son. He, this is being written to the church. These are believers who already believed. This is, the only, this is written to Christians. 1 John 3.23. And this is the commandment. We must believe in the name of his son. Believe in the name of his son. 1 John 3.23. This is his commandment, church. This is written to believers. 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 We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Just as he commanded us. That's it, sir. That's all. Or you say, Pastor, is that all? Sure. Because if you believe, you see the glory of God. This, this spirit life is lived by faith to live. The other one is lived by human effort. Spirit life is lived by total dependence on Christ who produces these things in you. It's not lived by, 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 that's why the Bible says it's a place of rest. You come, faith is a place of rest from your labors. You seize from your labors. And you enjoy the labors of Christ. People struggle with this thing. Struggle a lot with this thing. The Lord said to me, stay, stay on this thing. People struggle, get confused. And live a lot of kind of life. A lot. John eleven forty, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you and promise you that if you will believe, if you will only believe and rely on me, you will see the glory of God. You will see the glory of my character, my nature, everything, my glory in you will be manifest. The fruit of the spirit will come out. My spirit will produce it in you. If you will only believe and rely on me. It's called the gospel. This is the truth that can set a man free from the old nature, from the old life, and bring him into the new life. This truth sets a man, this truth transforms a man. This truth, not what the man does. This truth, this truth, 
Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth. Jesus is the truth. When you know the truth, it's, you activate it by your faith. You set it into motion. When knowing it is believing it. To know the truth is to understand it and believe it. And you said the, the power in that word into motion. It produces. Produces life. Ephesians 4.21. Ephesians 4.21. If indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, the truth is in Jesus, the truth that sets free is not in the laws of Moses. Moses didn't bring us the truth. Jesus did. He brought us the truth and grace. He brought us the truth and grace. The truth is in Christ alone. You can't find this life any other place except in Christ. Paul said, I want to be found in him. That's the only place I have this life. That's the only place he made me perfect. So what is this truth? Ephesians 4.22. I'm reading New Living Translation. Throw off your old sinful nature now and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So you put on your new nature, created to be like God, created to be like God. So that's the perfect nature you have because it's like God, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy, truly righteous and holy. That is the Spirit life I received. You, when you came to Christ, you received Christ. We say, let us lead people to Christ so they receive Christ. We don't know what we talk about because that's the real gospel, really. To receive Christ is to receive his life. I've come that you have life and have it more abundantly. We lead them to receive Christ and we snatch them from Christ and go and teach them Moses. And they all live in carnal life. Tomorrow we're binding the devil and fighting demons everywhere. But when you live in the light, the darkness cannot comprehend it. Cannot comprehend it. So he said, when you change what you are thinking, when you renew your thoughts, your attitude will change. The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Bondage starts in the heart. Freedom starts in the heart. Carnality starts in the heart. Spirituality starts in the heart. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. That's how perfection came. The Bible says the Lord made nothing perfect. But the bringing in of a new hope by which we draw near to God. Is it not scripture that says no man coming to the Father except through Jesus? Is it not the new hope? That by which we draw nigh to God. Is not referring to Jesus? When he came, he brought us life that made us perfect. Is it not what the scripture is saying? For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ. That's what Paul is saying. I want to be seen in Christ. In that identity of the perfect life he gave me. Which the Holy Spirit is working out. Which the Spirit of Christ is producing. Which is a tree. The fruit that comes from a tree is inside that tree. It's flowing inside that vine. Jesus is that vine. It's flowing. Jesus lives in me in that my spirit. It's, it's there. 
But by faith, I activate it and it begins to come. It takes over my life. The reason that we are not perfect in this is because we grow in it. We grow in it. We grow in this knowledge. We grow in understanding it. The more you understand it, the more you believe it, the more you see the glory of God. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He created us new so we can live this life he planned for us long ago. This life is not, he, he, if we don't, if we are not created new, we can't live this life because we don't have it. Colossians 2.11. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed the spiritual circumcision. See, he's still talking about what Christ did to purify us, to make us perfect. A spiritual circumcision, cutting away of your sinful nature, cutting away of our sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. Now, this, this truth, if we believe them, they walk. And they come, like I said, it comes from the heart. Like Proverbs 4, 20 says, My son, attend to my words, incline thy ears unto my saying. Proverbs 4, 20. 21, let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life. They are life. They are life unto those who find them. To find it is to believe it and health to all their flesh. 23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of your life. When you find the word of God, he say, keep it in your heart. Be diligent to protect your heart. Keep the word, the truth in your heart, in the midst of your heart. Keep it in view. My brothers and sisters, many Christians don't do this. Let me make a statement. You will never live the spirit life unless you do this thing. There's no shortcut to this thing. Some people come to church, they hear a sermon and a teaching, they forget it, go. They will never refer to it again. There is no, when I hear a sermon, I go, I look, I Play it over and over. It's like foam. I soak it up. And by the time you hear the talk, my mentor said for you to get everything in a summer, you, you listen 50 times. And that's true. You don't get it the first time. If you don't have interest in this things, forget it. You won't live spirit, spirit life because you have no interest in it. it. Believe me, if you don't have interest in this thing, just forget it. You won't make it like that. You won't live it. You'll be living your carnal life, your religious life, ritualistic life. Because you have perpetuated yourself in it, you don't, it doesn't smell again. If you want to find the life in this thing, you must give yourself to this thing so your profiting will be seen by all. You must meditate upon it day and night, focus on it, listen over it in your car, and shut up your, all these things that are distracting you that have no value to it, no spiritual value, that makes you angry, Makes you resentful. Ruins your spiritual life, really, really. And hinders you from growing spiritually. I don't see how a resentful Christian can grow spiritually. For the life of me, I don't understand that. My son, attend to my words. 
That's what God says. There are many voices talking to us, but God says, Atten give attention to my, incline their ears unto my sayings. Let them not depart from their eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life unto those who find. People wonder why they don't get healed. They, their prayer is not really answered. This is the key here. Jesus said, if my word dwell in you, he said, ask anything, you get it. If my word will dwell in you. If my word will dwell in you. Paul was talking about Jesus Christ dwelling in our heart by faith. He's praying that Jesus will be real in the heart of Christians. Traveling in prayer. This is not on the surface thing, casual something, casual attitude to the things of God. You won't get it. Just forget it. Perhaps you are doing okay in life and that's okay for you. Then you have this mindset, the world mindset, whose satisfaction is about things of this world. But not Paul. Look at what Paul said. Paul said, my determined purpose in life. My determined purpose in life. Look at it, Philippians 3.10. I'm reading Amplified. Philippians 3.10. For my determined purpose is that I may know him. Remember Paul said, nothing compares with the knowledge of Jesus. I'm pretty sure you see that as you know Jesus, you see yourself. As you know Jesus, you see your life. And your faith begins to grow. He says, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. This doesn't sound like a casual something. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, more clearly, more clearly. And that I may in that same way come to know the power are flowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers. That power that worketh in me, that worketh in you, that produces this life. He said, I will come to know this power. And that I may so share his suffering as to be continually transformed in spirit into his likeness, even to his death. Brilliant, makes a lot of difference. I didn't know. We're talking of Corona and all of this. All you need to do is, if you live the spirit life of faith, you live in intimate fellowship with Christ. He will show you great and mighty things. When people are saying there's a casting down, you say no, there's a lifting up. You are getting information from headquarters. You are not living in darkness. You are not beating about the bush. You are living like a child of the king. He says, I will show you things to come. He will reveal things that people don't know to you. That's the privilege of sons of God. My determined purpose. So what is your determined purpose as a Christian? Just come to church and go. In 24 hours, what have you invested to know Christ? That's what I was saying somewhere. I said, so drop this bunch of what you're supposed to do. We're supposed to talk about Jesus. What he did in our lives. We're supposed to talk about him. About him. He is all and all. We want to know him and see what knowing him does. See what knowing him does. Look at what knowing him does. In um, 2 Corinthians 5.16. See what knowing Jesus does. Christians should focus on knowing him. Knowing the truth. If you continue in the word of God, you are going to know the truth. Christ is the truth. 
Paul's determined purpose was to know him. He said, there's no other knowledge that compares with this. Look at what it does, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. We're done with look, looking at things from physical point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view because he didn't know him. From, so he, he could live his natural life because he didn't know who Christ was. So he didn't see himself. So in how differently we know him now. Look at what knowing him did to Paul in verse 17. Watch what he did to Paul. Knowing him, Paul tells us what knowing him means. This means now that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. He said, I saw Jesus, I knew him, I saw myself in him. He said, this means knowing him is not just religious. It's to see, wow. So, here's my life. Wow. So, he lives in me. And I live in him. He said, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. He came from seeking to know Christ. In seeking to know Christ, he saw himself. This man said, oh my God, I'm a new creature. All things are gone. Sin is gone. I'm a new person. Perfection has come. He said, I want to be found in him. That's where I saw myself. If you don't know him, you will see yourself. Colossians 3.10. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. See? Colossians 3.10. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. That's what Paul said. Become like him. Become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free, Christ is all that matters, church. And he lives in all of us. That's what I'm sort of talking about. This is the truth. When you get, when you know this truth and become entrenched in it, it, it guarantees that your life changes to be like him. So Paul concludes in Galatians 5.15, it doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. Doesn't ma- nothing else matters. And 16, may God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle. Principle of what? Nothing matters. What counts is whether I have been transformed into a new creature. Not a bunch of laws. They are the new people of God. Because they bear the fruit. By this, Jesus said, by this you shall know them. The fruit will show. The fruit, not the, not, not the works. Not the works. It's the fruit of a vine. It will show. Christ in us. The hope of glory. And Paul knew what our Lord Jesus taught. Because he was following Jesus' teachings. And his failures didn't even bother him. Look at what he said. Philippians 3.12. Look at what Paul said. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection in my response to them. Because we grow in Christ. 
But I press on to possess the perfection for which Jesus first possessed me. He said, yeah, I'm growing in it. I don't mean to say I, I, I perfected in my life to be like Christ. But there's that perfection in me. There's that new creation I am. I'm pressing forward until I leave the fullness of that new creation. He said, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. For which Christ Jesus came and took me and gave me a new life. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on this point, I believe God will make it plain to you, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. See this poor. He said, I'm, I'm still who he said I am. I'm not perfected yet, but I'm pressing forward in my not seeking to know him more, that I might know him, that I might know him and progressively transform to be like him. Nothing stops me. Not even my failures and no, I press forward. Because he knew what Jesus taught us. In John chapter 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them. Some people want to live the Christian life with Thomas' feet. You will end up living a carnal life. That's what it produces. Because you want to walk by, by sight. So, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands, the prints of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Yeah, I don't have anything. I, I said I'm, you know, I'm working hard to be perfect, Daddy. No, no. That's working by sight. You're not working by faith. The just, the Christian, this by faith. And so, he said, I will not believe. 26. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless Christians, but believing. 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus said unto him, Thomas. Because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet believe. Believe that Jesus gave you a new life. He gave you a perfect life. Don't want to see first. You believe first, then you see. You believe first, then you see. Paul said, I'm pressing forward. This is the truth. This is a reality. Nothing will discourage me. Nothing will stop me. He possessed me for this new life. Forgetting the things that are past, I'm pressing forward. That's the attitude the Christian should have. And remember, like we said, Paul's, Paul had a goal, determined purpose to know Jesus. And in knowing Jesus, he saw himself. He said, I want to be found in him. I want to be seen in him. He pursued that, and his life transformed a lot. He said to us, what you see me do, do, and the God of peace will be with you. 
my prayer is that we too, we also want to pursue the same purpose, to be seen in him. So when next you talk about him, about you, you talk about who you are. You talk about what all the works of the, of the cross is not in vain. You should talk about what he did. Paul said, this means the old nature is gone because that's what I saw in Christ. That's what I saw how to see myself. Because in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my being. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Precious Father, we want to thank you and give you praise. Because when we trust you, we cease from our labor. You invited us to a life of rest. Say, come unto me, bring me all your burdens. I'll give you rest. You didn't invite us to a life of struggles, a life of faith, in quietness and confidence. We enjoy distance because it is what you produce in us. It's what your spirit produces in us. It's the labor of your spirit. It's what you, the life in us produces. Lord, I pray that you help us to understand this. Thing. You told me to stay on this subject. You told me not to shift. And here we are, Lord. But you are the only one who can open the eyes of anybody to understand this. Thing. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. We are cheating ourselves a lot. Because the life of the Spirit will open up to all the blessings of God. All the blessings of God. And frustrations we end. Frustrations we end. We will see your glory 24-7. We will hear from you. You will give us information, things that will blow our mind. You will explain to us the things about life because we are your children. Nothing will be hidden from us. For it's given to us to know the things of your kingdom. You will explain to us the mysteries of life so we don't walk in confusion, in darkness. You will show us things to come. Our spiritual eyes we see clearly for we are walking in light. Jesus who is light. Father, help us. The glory is there. Excellent glory. Wonderful glory. We gain nothing in walking in the flesh. It's darkness. It's confusion. It's failure. It's failure. It's religion, it's ritualism, it's suffering. But the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Help us to make a switch by believing your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I want to pray for the offering.